Hello and welcome everyone to VoIP for Independent Telecoms, the podcast for local service providers who want to offer great services on a resilient network. I'm your host, Andrew Ward from Award Consulting, and I'm joined today by Alan Percy from Telco Bridges. Welcome, Alan. Well, thanks for having me. Appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. As our listeners may know, Telco Bridges recently announced a partnership with Metaswitch, Microsoft, whatever we're calling them, to integrate uh, your media gateway products more closely with the Metaswitch ecosystem. So I'm looking forward to talking about that today. But actually, first, I often ask people you know, about a little background for how you got into telecoms. And also, we'll talk a bit about the company as well. In your case, I actually noticed it looks like you've pretty much always been in telecoms. So maybe you got into <laughs> telecoms in high school. How did that happen? You know, actually, after I graduated the University of Buffalo in 83, and I actually started working for a defense contractor for a couple of years doing air-to-air navigation systems, embedded software. That's how I was a software developer coming out of school. And then um, moved on to uh, chase a woman who now is my uh, bride for 35 years on to Rochester. And I ended up with a company in Rochester that did call accounting systems. And then they wanted to figure out how to do automatic wake-up systems. So this is probably late 80s. And then from there on, the rest is history. It's just deeper involvement with software in the telecommunication space and eventually um, taking on the marketing role of product management. And here I am, CMO at Telco Bridges. <laughs> well, it seems like we have a lot in common because I also started writing software straight out of school, although at Metaswitch. And then I ended up in the States for similar reasons because, well, I, I moved to, to the US with Metaswitch. But then once I was here, I discovered that I had this asset of a British accent, which back home had not been much of an asset at all. But uh, suddenly I was an interesting person and then I met my wife and hence I stayed stayed in the States for the following 16 years so far. So there's a lot in common there. So yeah, so that, that's your that's your background. You've you've had a variety of different roles along the way. Maybe you could tell me a little bit about, about Telco Bridges. What's their history? And also why did you choose um, to take a role there? Yeah, no, that's great. That's a great question. So Telco Bridges is primarily a software firm that builds the software for either session border controllers or media gateway equipment. And, and both of those pieces of software are designed to interconnect telephone networks together or to translate from legacy tele, telecommunications equipment to the modern IP-based world. And the company was founded uh, you know, some 20 years ago, almost 20 years ago, by a group of people who really understood the, the you know, the future was an IP telecommunications, but to get there, they needed to build these things called gateways and gateways again, connect from, you know, the old to the new and our, you know, hardware based devices that make this all happen. And I think that the vision was, is, oh, you know, 10 or so years, the whole network will convert over to IP. Well, as we know, it's not even halfway done <laughs> and here we are 20 years into it. So anyway, yes, a firm about 40 people based in just outside Montreal, really, really good people. I've known uh, many of the executives, specifically Gaetan Campo, the CEO for a long, long time. And the opportunity came to help them with uh, their marketing efforts. And it's worked out really, really well. That's great. That's great. Yeah, I'm I'm curious maybe to hear a little bit more about, about that product strategy because, you know, a lot of vendors to telcos and i'm you know in my world i'm obviously thinking about metaswitch but also ribbon they tend to try to be a one-stop shop where they have products that do everything right they've got the call control they've got media gateway they've got the border controller they've got application servers and they try to do everything 
Whereas, like you said, Telco Bridges is focused, I guess, on the interconnect points. What's the what's the thinking behind that? What's the strategy behind picking which products you decide to to build? Yeah, great question. So I know exactly what you're saying. A lot of the now I almost call them conglomerates, right? Because an awful lot of the technology that that the, you know the big players like Ribbon and others have, you know, they just bought small companies to build these companies, these large companies, and they're very sometimes very disconnected, even though they have similar sounding brands and they have the same color paint on the outside, you scratch into it a little bit, you discover that the origins of the software and the user interface and the GUI and the management interface is totally different from one to the next. So really it's just a different, it's a difference in deciding whether or not you're going to be a one-stop shop or you're going to be a best of breed and Telco Bridges decided to be best of breed. And what that really means is, is let's do something, let's do it really well. Let's be the best in the industry of what we do and partner with software vendors that also do the best at what they do. And that best of breed strategy, frankly, is the way that the whole IT infrastructure is going. And so it's, it's a pretty safe assumption and has allowed the company to build some really, really world-class reliability and scalable media gateways and social border controller software. That's very cool. I'm curious about that strategy just because, you know, the consequence of that approach, the best of breed approach as you're describing it, is that you end up with, you know, more vendors in the network, right? So if you if you go with Ribbon or Metaswitch, you know, you you've got like one throat to choke as a service provider, you know, they're responsible for all the pieces in at least that part of the network. Whereas if you're pulling in a variety of vendors to put together your network, I can see how that might potentially cause challenges for the for the service provider or maybe the partnerships between the different vendors might be it might be a challenge to figure out, you know, who's at fault or when there's a problem, that kind of thing. How do you how do you see that playing out in real life? Yeah, I think that sometimes the one throat the choke is a little bit of an over, maybe an exaggeration, because the reality is you go through, you choke that throat and that that throat goes and chokes another throat, which is usually the product group within that larger company. And so there's a layer of abstraction, which is really just brand, right? Mm-hmm. It's a it's a brand, but if you really dig into it, and I know this, you know, from my experience at you know some of the previous vendors I worked for. You know, if, if there's a gateway problem, it goes to one particular group within the company. Oh, if it's, uh, you know, if, if, if it's a session border controller problem, it goes to a completely different group. And the side effect of that is it's just a thinly veiled, you know, sheen on what is really a number of different organizations. So that's one thing. The second thing is, you know, we work very, very hard to make sure that our customers feel very comfortable and are happy. I think Gaetan brags about, you know, we've never had a customer sue us, which is, I think nobody else in the industry probably can say that. And very rarely do we have to use our, what we call money back or money, you know, satisfaction guarantee where we just take the equipment back and give people their money back. It almost never happens. And I, I, in my whole time with the company, I think it's happened with one software company. So. Yeah, it's a just a different strategy, and you know we make it very easy for our, our customers to you know reach out to us and say, "Hey, I got a problem," and then we work with whatever the software vendor is to try to isolate and resolve the problem. So it you know it is a different strategy, and like I said, you know it's kind of the best of breed as opposed to the conglomeration. Yep, absolutely. Okay, cool. So. Switching to the the meta switch announcement that I mentioned up at the top, perhaps you could start by you know summarizing what exactly has been announced. 
Sure. Well, what Telco Bridges announced is that we've entered into uh, an agreement with MetaSwitch to provide media gateways that are compatible with MetaSwitch, um, some of the specialized management and control protocols. We've already been selling media gateways into MetaSwitch customers for quite some time. And matter of fact, we've got a really nice case study at Hong Kong Telecom who using Telco Bridges T-Media gateways to provide connectivity to their new MetaSwitch solution. And what we, um, as part of the agreement, what we're doing is we're enhancing the gateways to add the new SaaS functionality, which is is new to the T-Media gateways and some other smaller adjustments. And the side effect of that is we'll gain MetaSwitch certification. And then we can step in and provide full not only interoperability, but also all the management backend kind of functionality that um, MetaSwitch customers are, are accustomed to in a range of different scales, in a range of different densities. So that, so our TMG 800, which is a very low scale media gateway can be used now with a MetaSwitch platform, which is quite a bit smaller than some of the uh, MetaSwitch media gateways. And then also at the high end, our TMG 7800 is very, very, you know, large scale media gateway and everything in between. So as the MetaSwitch product portfolio ages and people start to think about, I need something for a long-term solution. We hope that they that come to Telco Bridges and we are, we're able to offer them a good solution with very little risk of end of life in our media gateways since it's our core business. Yeah. I think I saw something on your website saying that, you know, you've got like an end of life guarantee. You will never, you know, end of support a, a product. Is that, is there something along those lines? Yeah. Well, it's basically it, the commitment is we'll never leave you stranded. You know, <laughs> it's if for some reason, you know, a device fails and we can't replace it with a like for like replacement and we have to give you something, you trust me, you will be happy because you'll probably get the next bigger, better thing. But yeah, that's the basic strategy is not to leave customers. And, and by the way, that is, it's a pretty difficult thing to do today because, you know, chips and technology change constantly. And I know, you know, our many, you know, the people in our manufacturing group work very, very hard to get long-term agreements with, you know, chip manufacturers and module manufacturers, to make sure that we can get those parts for the long haul and not, um, have to, you know, rip and replace it. I don't know. If you've ever tried to buy a Dell server and then a matching one six months from now, you will quickly discover that the IT world is, uh, there's no consistency in the products. And you know, we, we know telecom needs that. Yeah, no, I, I used to run the supply chain for MetaSwitch. And so I have absolutely an understanding of just how impossibly hard it is to, you know, continue to support things because, you know, there are always components within these complicated devices which are becoming end of life from the manufacturer and you know you've got to either buy a big supply of those to kind of keep you going for an unknown indefinite future or you've got to find a replacement and then test to make sure it all still works it's a it's a very very challenging thing that you've committed to do so i'm yeah i'm very yep. impressed that that's part of yep. your strategy yep no it is it, it's no easy task yep I did want to emphasize one of the key things you said there, which was the integration with SaaS, MetaSwitch's Service Assurance Server, which is, uh, I think, really big and exciting part of this announcement. Um, I'm not aware that there are other third-party products which which integrate with with SaaS. And for me, at least, you know, on the more technical side, SaaS is, in some ways, the jewel in MetaSwitch's crown. It's a remarkably powerful tool 
on an operational side for people who are troubleshooting problems and being integrated with that is is a really great thing so i'm excited that that's part of this announcement yeah we are too I, I, you know we have a similar diagnostic platform we call tb analytics so the the migration to, to implement sas was a fairly low bar to cross but yeah, we, it, we know how important those kinds of tools are, right? To be able to do the network analytics and look deep into the network and see what's going on is a critical piece. You know, we, it, as you, I'm sure, you know, you see everything when people actually go to install this stuff, you know, switches are out of date, you know, routers that misbehave and all kinds of misconfigurations galore. So it's really, really important to have a good diagnostic tool to help untangle network issues. Yep. Yep, absolutely. So, okay, so that's what has been announced. I'm curious, you know, to get your take on on why. So, I'm sure mm -hmm. you know you can obviously speak for Telco Bridges as to why this was a good deal for you. But also, I'm curious to hear from your perspective why MetaSwitch have done this. Yeah, first, uh, I think it was very clear the minute that we saw the announcement that Microsoft was buying MetaSwitch that Microsoft was interested in the software in the company, the SoftSwitch software. I think even the announcement. Uh, you know, made it very clear that it was soon to be uh, hosted on Azure. Yeah, they, they uh, were incorporated. Yeah, they were yep. incorporated into the Azure group, and it was the Azure people making the announcement. Yep. Right. Yep. So, you know, f looking at our industry, this is it was just a nat. You know, it was a nat okay, they're going to be a software company, and usually software companies have to figure out, or what are we doing about the you know the hardware elements that are part of a business, and you know, I. I think that there's a, a strategy to just focus on the software and, and less focus on those hardware elements and to rely on the best of breed vendors out in the market. And there was a natural fit up there, right? We don't make soft switches. We don't compete with MetaSwitch in any way, a soft switch space. And we have compatible media gateways that scale and we have same, similar target markets. So I think it was really, you know, it was an obvious solution to the, of trying to you know shift the focus to software inside MetaSwitch. Yep. And thinking about this from a from the point of view of a service provider, let's take a, you know, a rural eye like of which there are many um, in both our client bases, I imagine, if they already have, you know, some MetaSwitch products in the network, and maybe they are hoping that the world moves to IP as, as we all have been, or, or maybe not, maybe they've accepted that things just move really slowly in telecoms. How should they be seeing the world post this announcement? What what has changed or hopefully improved for that service provider who's in that situation? Yeah. So there's a, there's a class of service provider, and I'm assuming this is what we're talking about, that's got some either older TDM equipment that would like to move to, you know, a new IP-based infrastructure. And in those cases, those kind of fit into what we call the network transformation customer. And, and what we're expecting is that, you know, they're looking at the old TDM switch and they probably have, you know, um, TDM interconnect circuits and certainly TDM, uh, circuits out to their uh, subscribers is that they want to be able to replace that service with an IP-based service and eventually move to, you know, maybe voice over broadband and some of these other features. And to do that, they're, they're going to need to move to a modern IP-based soft switch. But in doing so, they have to make a decision about, okay, how do I connect to the outside world? Well, you know, how do I connect my interconnect, which happen to be SS7, for example, or maybe, you know, I've got some circuits that go to um, subscribers that are still TDM, and I don't really want to have to go to that customer site and install, you know, a media gateway to make their transition. So that, uh, you know, that kind of customer we envision following this network transformation strategy, which is, you know, new soft switch in the core, 
data infrastructure, and then the edges provides media gateways to provide the connectivity either to the interconnect or to the subscriber uh, along the road. So that's, that's, that's that is a you know, primary focus for us. There's also, I think, a set of MetaSwitch customers that have older media gateways that are either end of support or end of life. And they're scratching their heads about what do we do about that? And they want to be able to maybe make further transition into the IP world. And we hope to be able to provide the equipment to allow that older equipment to be replaced. Excellent. Yep. I think that all makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And, you know, from what we see in the industry, it feels like most folks are, you know, either have or are getting towards solving the TDM problem on the access network with their subscribers. We see a lot of people who have already migrated that to, you know, kind of SIP ONTs or, you know, some kind of IP-based infrastructure, at least, you know, between, you know, at least as it interfaces with the with the switch. But the PSTN side, the interconnect piece that you talk about, for CLEX, there are ways around it, but for ILEX, where there's a lot of billing associated with local tandems and all of that kind of stuff, it's a very hard problem to to solve. And I think TDM is going to be around for a long time. And this announcement gives them a, a clear path for how they can continue to, you know, have supported hardware, you know, for the long term there as long as they need to until the PSTN eventually moves to IP, if that ever even happens. Interesting, you sort of brought up the you know the subscriber side. You know, we've it was interesting because there was, we, you know, we had an event just a few months ago that, you know, the NTCA hosted this event uh, called the fall conference. And we use the opportunity to talk to a lot of those small rural service providers, you know, I caught them. I, I found a trick that I were giving away a Weber grill and almost everyone who stopped by was able to have a conversation with them and ask them, you know, what's your plan? What's your strategy? And so we got a lot of intelligence from those conversations and, and using the federal incentive money to build out broadband is quickly accelerating the, you know, the deployment of the SIP enabled optical network terminals, the ONTs you mentioned. And this, this is great news for those kinds of providers. But as you said, they still have to deal with SS7 circuits and traditional TDM interconnects. Plus they also still have to deal with, you know, there's probably that hospital that still has maybe a DS3 that goes over to the hospital. And so you're going to need some way of converting from IP infrastructure over to TDM just to keep that hospital running. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Well, Alan, I want to thank you for taking the time to talk with me. I'm excited by this new partnership that's been announced. I think I've said publicly, I think this is a very positive thing for the service providers, a great opportunity for telco bridges. And I think Metaswitch have you know acted really well in proactively making sure they have a plan in place you know for the long term as they move towards being more you know just software based and you know cloud folks and all of the stuff that Microsoft is you know clearly doing in terms of their strategy and yeah i'm sure you know we will have clients where the path forward for their network is going to involve you know telco bridges media gateways as, as part of that path and so i'm you know expecting to have conversations with some of our listeners over time about that and about that migration as they upgrade various different parts of their network. So yeah, I think this is this is great news. Is there anything else that you would like to um, talk about before we wrap? Anything that we, we should have mentioned that you think is important to share? Well, first, first, yeah, no, thanks for having me in the conversation, uh, inviting us to participate. I think it's been great getting to know this community and especially you as we go forward. And, and the lastly, I just want to say is if, you know, if anybody's interested in learning more about all this, 
Of course, telcobridges.com, our recently updated website. And we know we got a couple of snags here and there, but it seems to do the trick now. And then also invite people to send me a note. They can reach me at apercy at telcobridges.com. And I'm happy to answer any questions and go from there. Wonderful. And I will put a link to the Telco Bridges website in the, the webpage uh, for this podcast so people can access that there as well. All right. Well, thank you again, Alan, for your time. It's been a pleasure talking to you. And for those listening, if you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever it's called, you know, or Google or Spotify, however you are listening to the show. And please join us again next time for the next episode of VoIP for Independent Telecoms. Thank you very much.